let's go. We gotta work a full show today. What's up with that? Welcome into the Plank Show. Uh, Mondays, I skirt, skirt a little bit early because of Coach's Corner. Tuesdays, we have the Brent Venables press conference, so we both get to skirt a little bit early. Today, though, we got to work that full three hours. But we got, I've got a lot for the show today. I, I was up a little bit, well, I don't want to say I was up too late. I took that dreaded 6 p.m. nap. Has that ever happened to you before? Oh, yeah. Like, it, and I don't know what I was thinking. That, dude, I've reached that. I should have brought this up on the crossover. But I've reached that age with my oldest daughter to where she does, like, like dad being at something. is like, dad, go away. What are you doing? Get out of here. Was uh, So I, I may have been reeling from that a little bit because I don't know if that reality had hit me. Was Will that way? Will, I mean, even today, even today, and I'm not, Will wants me, he's like, he's, you want to come and do this? You want to go to, like, he's very, he was never that way. That's awesome. Whenever I would go to, and remember, now remember, again, uh, he stayed and in, in went to school at Booker T whenever we started at OU. So it wasn't a situation where I was there every single second. Which, yeah. But probably would have made sense. a little bit of a difference. But I think I kind of think the OU thing, right, working at OU. And then I knew all of the – I knew everyone at Booker T just from covering them for years, and, and they got great coaches and people. So he would always want me there. But like, you've yeah. reached that age. But, I, but I've reached that age now with my 14-year-old Josh where I'll give you, I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example, just real quick, to kind of explain why I'm a, I was a little bit of a mess last night. The, uh, one of the organizations that she's involved in is putting together a float. I guess we have a parade that I haven't been told about yet that I'm sure I was told about that I've completely forgotten about <laughs> that we're supposed to go to. And so after school, pick her up. It's pouring, of course, all day yesterday. And it was, Dad, you got to take me here because we're working on this float. I'm like, oh, that's great. Well, I... I got a double, triple confirm, so I call the boss, who says, yeah, 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 you have that responsibility, just you, you need to go help her. They want parents to come help. And I'm like, oh, how cool is that? So I hung up, and she goes, you don't need help. It's like, what your mom just said, I, I need help. She's like, yeah, no, Dad, no, you don't, you don't need help. <laughs> now, I do want to also remind everyone, I am in a pair of flip-flops, joggers, and like a, one of my eight different ref t-shirts, right? I think this was thanks for the trophies yesterday. You should fit right in then. I was like, this is perfect. So it was no, no. But I, I, did, I did her a solid. I, I was like, okay, listen, give 30 minutes. We'll go eat at Althea's. I also officially confirmed that I'm old because when I went to Althea's, Josh, I ordered. I, and not only did I ask, what's the soup today? But then I had <laughs> oh. a bowl and thoroughly enjoyed it. Althea's soup, amazing. And – they had these moon pies that she made, like out of two snickerdoodle cookies and cream cheese. Money. Money, dude. It's amazing. That's all we're so, day to day. That's right. all we're, we're waiting for. You want those. And I don't, it's not a moon pie because it had the different filling, but we had a blast. So I, so Gwen and I go back and I'm like, all right, I'm coming in to help. She's probably over the door. And as soon as I walked in, it was, what are you doing here? Get, get out. Get, get back in the car. What are you doing here? So I might have been reeling from that a little bit, Josh, right? So I got home and I was like, you know what? I'll, I got the game. I do. I do want to watch to see how Chris Paul meshes of Golden State. Um, 
Tuesday nights. I don't Tuesday nights are like what most people's probably like Friday or Saturday nights are because I there's not a lot of responsibilities that I have. So it might be catching Netflix, watch a movie. And so I just was like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna catch a quick little nap. So I did the whole nap at six, then wake up at seven thirty, like the entire world had changed. It's like I'm sweating, I need water. Ah, what happened? So it made just for a little bit of a weird night for me. I watched just about every pitch of Phillies Diamondbacks. I don't know how, but it was on. I'm, I'm like, this is in the sixth inning. You've watched this whole game. And then there was a part of you that says, you can't watch a whole baseball game. What's going on with the Lakers? I watched Liberty last night. I was, it, it was a sneaky, decent, good night for sports. But everything was thrown off by the late afternoon nap. It was a mess, dude. How was yours? Well, late afternoon. Early evening nap if you're taking a nap at 6. Yeah, 6 falls into the early evening. And by that point, if you nap at 6 and you don't wake up from said nap until like 7, 7.30, I mean, isn't that just considered like sleep? It's like, well, I went to bed at 6. Hour and a half, I mean, that's a little bit it's too much. It's still a nap. nap, but boy, it's a dangerous one. It, very, it was like nap roulette. It was nap roulette. And I, uh, I lost. Good parenting, too, with my daughter just sitting there scrolling through YouTube while I'm napping. Jeez. But, yeah, that was my night. How was yours? Anything exciting it, in the Helmer household? It was great. Uh, yeah. Watched a, a good bit of baseball and uh, some hoops, too. So, nice night. I, I can't complain at all. I also spend a lot of time, as we get you to what we're all about here on The Ref, with Josh on Plank, as always, you can get in touch with us on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439 if you know what you want to talk about or you've officially aged out in your daughter's eyes. You can help me out, 405-651-3439. Or, or if, if, Josh Helmer, you want to pick up the phone and give us a call, you can do it. Riverwind Casino Jackpot Line 405-329-9000. In fact, Josh is going to be out at Riverwind on Friday. We're going to have a, uh, a a unique show on Friday. I'll be on the road to Kansas to cover OU Kansas. Uh, Josh will be taking care of one of our great partners hanging out with Justin and his awesome crew at Riverwind. Um, I also allowed myself last night to start really diving into Kansas and what they're all about. I, I listened to Lance Leipold's press conference. Um, well, I guess maybe this was his post-game press conference. I just looked at nat- numbers and stats, watched a little bit of their game, you know, coming off the bye, watched a little bit of what they did against UCF that maybe Oklahoma didn't do, what allowed them to have so much success, watched a little bit of OSU, and Coach Venables has talked about this a lot, Josh. Against Oklahoma State, Kansas offensively, and, I mean, OSU fans, you won the game, so it's not a knock, and I don't want anyone to get get in their feels yet. But, I mean, Kansas was really able to do whatever they wanted. Ten yards per play in a game that they lost on the road. Now, it was impressive to watch. I also felt like there was a lot of – and that was really kind of my – I watched Oklahoma State-Kansas State, obviously, when they played – kind of feel like OSU games have been about the same time as Oklahoma games or at the very least missing part of it. I think we got to watch, what, either the first or the second half of the Iowa State game, Uh, watch the second half of Georgia uh, when they lost to, oh, not Georgia Southern, South Alabama. But I don't really know if I drilled in like I did watching that OSU-Kansas game. Ollie Gordon's a stud. Dude, OSU's defense, woof. That's not good. 
and against Kansas, I mean, Kansas just made him look foolish. And it's wild I say that because if you watch – not. I know I'm I'm intercept, I'm crossing streams here. I was watching Kansas and it got me thinking about next week. <laughs> but don't look ahead. I'm not looking ahead. But it's wild because I thought Oklahoma State's defense against Kansas State won in the football game. And then I I kind of fast forward and it's oh, they they looked incredibly beatable. Now, two Kansas State turnovers completely and totally changed that Oklahoma State game. But the pick six right before half was killed just, him. Yeah, killed him. Not not good. But I'll tell you what. Uh, I feel I came away from that feeling incredibly confident that Oklahoma should be able to do just about whatever they want to do offensively these next two weeks. And I I, I know that fully aware of how Oklahoma's run game has been a bit of a struggle. I, and, and I think that's maybe being fair or, or overly kind to say a little bit of a struggle, right, Josh? But there's a part of me that is so intrigued by what this performance by Gavin Sawchuck could potentially do for Oklahoma's run game going forward and the return of Tawi Walker. This week, and we we expect him to be back after what was a, a an in house issue. So, early look at Kansas. Early look then too at Oklahoma State. What well, you have those numbers right in front of you. Obviously, Ollie Gordon's pretty special, but yeah, five point seven yards per carry for Oklahoma State against Kansas. Five point seven, and it just. kind of funny because last week going into UCF I said this so I'm trying to make sure I cautiously choose my words the whole if now win all right well if it wasn't going to be if it wasn't going to be UCF then we're having we're having really big concerns if they can't run the ball this week and beyond what maybe some of you already have is that kind of a nice way to put it yeah you'd be back-to-back weeks against teams that ranking that lower third Mm -hmm. rushing defense last week, Oklahoma basically rushed for the average that UCF surrenders a little bit below it, but Mm -hmm. basically right at which in that same kind of line of thinking, you're really expected it to be better. Fourth quarter though was encouraging, incredibly encouraging, but there is, I hate to sound and I'm and it's not like a Wednesday fallback. I'm just pointing out we're not going into the rush game. I'm just pointing out in these next two games they they should be able to rush the ball at will. Should be able to. But maybe now you found if that if that Savion Bird that was there in the fourth quarter at right guard, if he's there for a full four quarters look out. Matoyer, when he gets healthy, obviously gives you some flexibility. I don't know about you, Josh. I think I think your starter at left guard is now set. I think it's Caden Green. He played every single snap last Saturday. All 89. Left tackle, left guard, center, right tackle is set. And it was good. It was good. Now, you want to see consistency from Savion Bird, and we'll see when Matoyer can come back. We also didn't see Howie Walker last week. After two tough drive, tough opening plays, the drop snap and 
you know, not really getting much in that first drive. You saw the emergence of Gavin Sawchuk. Did I mention Tawi out? Marcus Majors got the dinged shoulder and still had one of the better average yards per carry game that he's had. So, I guess Kansas and Oklahoma State, these are two teams that you can really you can really run the football. And let's add to it. Should be able to throw the football in Oklahoma State too. Oh my gosh, yes. Don't let's let's get to that next week. Did you see what you've got in front of you? Did you see what Kansas was able to do throwing the football against Oklahoma State? I think it was like thirteen yards per pass attempt. I don't know. I did they threw for four hundred and ten yards, and I really don't know, honestly, if um I don't remember seeing that many incompletions. <laughs> and there were two picks thrown by Jason Bean. But you want to get your running game going. Captain Obvious moment here. Because as we get closer and closer to Saturday, that forecast deteriorates more and more. Before we grab our first timeout, here's what Dr. Kevin Clazel had to say this morning. Cold, blustery. Oh, blustery is not good. And possibly wet. Upper 30s at kickoff. (laughs) With north winds gusting at 20 miles an hour. Let me reread that. North winds gusting at 20 miles an hour. And a wind chill in the upper 20s. Yeah. So weather, obviously a clear factor. Even if there's no precipitation, the ability to drop back, throw the football at times could be more challenging. Mm-hmm. So that means short passing game and the run game going to be important for OU. As is packing gloves, as is making <laughs> yeah. sure that I've got Hand the warmers. the jacket, the mask. This went from a this went from a uh, it's going to be cold on Saturday to a full on. DEFCON 8 level, you better do everything you can to stay warm. And in those games, beyond your boy wearing mini layers, bundling up is a necessity. Oh, by the way, on the field. Controlling and holding the football is a necessity to protect the football. Kansas has been a team that's shown that maybe they can do a little bit of a better job giving it to you. Oklahoma's been really good in that category all year long, protecting the football and enforcing turnovers. So that was, let's see, what all I cover there. I watched way too much baseball, so if you want to go in-depth on the Phillies and the Diamondbacks, we can do it. Uh, I watched a a little bit of hoops last night. I was waiting to watch OKC tonight. And and then, and then, all in on the Sooners. So at 405-651-3439, get in here. What are you looking at that caught your eye? Oh, you just mentioned turnover margin. I knew Oklahoma was tops nationally, I think, going into last week, and they're they're still right there, second nationally. I think that as far as turnovers gained, I'm looking right at it, duh. Uh, turnovers gained for the number one team in the country, it's uh, it's Penn State in turnover margin, and OU has gained the same amount of turnovers. Let's see. Uh, two, three, six teams have forced more turnovers than OU. That's it, only six. It's pretty good. Uh, they have had a few more turnovers, and I think part of that, you know, that was – it's kind of funny. I wasn't even – it didn't even register to me how huge it was at the time, but that OU turnover to start the second half, man, that this past weekend, that was a balloon deflator 
for any consistent momentum Oklahoma had had in that middle eight throughout the season. All right, you want to break? Let's do it. I'm excited. I'm excited for Kansas. I'm excited for you to hear from Brent Venables coming up in hour number two. I am excited for the weather. Fans, bundle up if you're going. And I saw this. You got a call about it yesterday. Um, it's kind of started making the rounds on old uh, Twitter last night. And I heard Brian Haney this morning on with T-Row. It's not really close to a sellout right now. There is a lot of really, really good seats available. Man, that is, uh, that is unbelievable. And it's very affordable. So I guess the reason I bring it up, if you live in – if you're listening to us in Tulsa in the 918, that's not a bad drive to Lawrence. If you, in, in the OKC Norman area, not a bad drive to Norman. All right, to Lawrence. Uh, I, it's really – yeah, it's really not a bad drive to, to Norman. Yeah, it's really not actually at all. It's really short. <laughs> but my point is you've got, you've got a chance to get into an OU game for as cheap as you've ever been able to get into it. It's very affordable right now if you go through the Kansas official website right now. But it's also going to be like 20-mile-an-hour winds out of the north. <laughs> And freezing. And freezing. <laughs> but, you know, pick six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. You want to be a part of a special team in person on the road? Let's go. If you're soft, and I'm kidding, <laughs> I would completely understand sitting in your living room warm watching that road game on Saturday. Basketball season in Butick Hall. That's right. Quick break. When we come back, we'll start hearing from Brent Venables and his presser yesterday next. Did we, uh, did we reach the enough, like the enough stage – of the sign-stealing scandal whenever every single coach was asked about it during the presser yesterday yeah. or – holy smokes, man. But I also – I thought this was Taylor Swift when you first started playing it. I was going to say kind of like the Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey stuff. Everyone's like, gosh, I'm so sick and tired of this. And then for me, it's like, yeah, me too, but it's – I think it's kind of funny, so I will consume every little stupid piece of content on it. And this is how I feel with the sign-stealing thing. It's like Last night, if we, as we welcome you into the Plank Show on a Wednesday, I feel like we have something today that I'm missing. Do we have a guest booked and I completely forgot about it? I don't think so. We'll find out. We'll all find out together coming up when the show's over. <laughs> hey, I was supposed to be on today. But back to the point. Last night, it went as far as message board posters finding posts from, what, last year? And literally, it was someone saying, this dude is taping the whole game on his phone. How goofy is that? Because he didn't have anything, and no one would have thought of it. It's like, this guy is literally sitting here taping the whole game on his phone. What in the world? What a loser. What a dork. Uh, And then now you look back, and the guy in the picture is the dude. (laughs) He's... He's the guy because they had taken a picture of. It's like, look at this guy. So there's, it is as one-sided and understandably so of an investigation I have ever seen based on the information that's out there. There hasn't been a whoa, hold up here. The only, the only defense from the Michigan side, the only defense has been, well, you're just jealous. Well, you can't beat us. Well, this makes all the difference in the world. Why? Because you can't stop us. We're the more physical team. Right? That's literally what, you, what you're getting from Michigan. No one has been like, wait a minute, hold up here. It's basically, I'll, hey, we're still really good. Outside of 
really throwing – what's Colonel Sanders or whatever the guy's – Stallion, sorry. Outside of throwing Stallions under the bus in this whole thing, that's really about it. And then you had the – I think the shot of the sideline, that was Monday, right, whenever that came out and you saw everyone like jumping up and down when they got the certain sign. They were pointing that it was going to be a pass. I don't know, man. It's just – it's almost as if as soon as this show is over, I sit back and go, all right. What's going to be the next shoe to drop? What's going to be the next thing that happens here? What how, is it? How are they going to get him next? What, 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 what's the other thing that we're going to find out that the internet was ahead of in this saga that we uh, have just now figured out today? So I'm, uh, I'm intrigued by it. I'm excited. <laughs> I can't get enough of it. So if this show every so often falls into a, oh gosh, this just broke in the sign-stealing saga – I'm sorry I'm not sorry. Be prepared. I, just be ready. Because, again, I have never, and I mean ever, seen anything where there is more information validating these claims and nothing to shoot them down. Nothing at all. Like, yeah, I did it. Man, what more can you say? Yeah, and that's why I think the coming on the heels of the other situation with Harbaugh I just don't see how they're not going to get slammed with penalties. In fact, since since we're on this just real quick, Brent Venables, it was the second question he was asked at his press conference. I think it was our buddy Ryan Aber from over at the Oklahoman. And and every coach was asked. Uh, Matt, Matt Rules. Matt Rules' take was actually really, really good because it goes beyond just how you guys feel and how we feel with the, the sign-stealing story. That becomes a – a story about technology, really, and an answer about technology. Every level of college uh, of football outside of college has some sort of technological allowance on the sideline, even high school. NFL has the agreement with Microsoft Surface. You're telling me that Microsoft Surface, or even at that point, like the iPad, couldn't slide in, Josh, and be like, what do you guys need? What do you guys need? Let's make this happen. Great advertising opportunity, and uh, you know we'll need a – certain amount of money, but it you can at least elevate college football so that we don't act like it's still stuck in the 1990s. I can't believe I just said that. Where we're pre-technology. We can't act like that there's not that instant access that there is. And everything everything on a sideline is like handwritten. You watch guys with their drive charts, and they keep their drive charts, and they, they share it when the quarterback comes back, and he looks over the drive chart, and he's on the phone. I mean, we've got to reach that point to where – Maybe this is the catapult for it, but where we just allow colleges to be more technologically advanced. And, um, oh, who was it? Someone, I think it was Kurt Warner, that went out yesterday and said, well, part, part of the reason why is if you have the uh, earpiece, it's going to really complicate the game. I mean, the quarterback's going to be asked to do a lot more because, you know, with the call, you have, all right, there you go. With the... Oh, it was Matt Rule that was saying it. You get in their ear, and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, the safety's foot pointed that way. You've got to do this, or you got to do this, right? You're, you're challenging your quarterback to read more. And he thinks that's part of it. Well, maybe so. I tend to think it was just a cost thing when people got mad about it in the 90s. That's it. I don't think it's it, – it, we're way past that now. It's one of those many antiquated rules that we need to look at. But anyway, not to get too carried away with it, uh, though we already have. Here is what Bryn Venable said whenever he was asked about it. And again, it was question number two in the press conference. 
Question number two out of the gate. Right out of the chute. Asking Brent Venables kind of his thoughts on the whole sign-stealing saga and what OU has done in the past. Um, I'm sure it's part of it. I think people are finding all different kinds of ways to uh, uh, to prevent it and to try to get a, gain a competitive advantage. I think you see a lot of people huddling and things like that and sending people in and, uh, you know, uh, to the sideline. But I don't know how prevalent it is. Uh, or isn't, and um, uh, with tempo and pace, uh, I think it makes it all really hard. And uh, but you see every, probably about every game uh, in college football, where the the signal stealers on offense and defense uh, are are all shielded uh, to try to keep people from the press box that might be looking down with binoculars from getting a leg up. Oh, yeah, you're always, I think you'd be naive and negligent if you, uh, you're always uh, not aware of, you know, uh, you know, the potential. And that's why, again, from uh, whether it's year to year or it's week to week, you know, since I've been coaching, as long as there's been signaling, you know, where you, uh, you're always on both sides of the ball, always uh, changing up your signals and uh, things of that nature. Even the hand signals on the field, you know, that the players will do amongst each other. Hey, I want to find the Matt Rule thing since we're on this real quick just to play it for you. Yeah, let's let's hear what he had to say. I'm curious. Well, and it was sounds like it was pretty thoughtful. It well, and it is, and you can feel how you you want about Matt Rule, but the one thing he has coached on, like every single level. He's yeah, <laughs> he's done it in in high school. He's done it in 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 college. He's he's done it in the National Football League. So. When Matt Rule has a take on something, it's it's one of those where you're like, yeah, you know what, that that seems to, to pretty much fit on this front. Hold on. It's taken me significantly longer to look it up than I ever imagined. I thought it would be one click and boom, there it is. But apparently with the, the algorithms now on the magical X, it's not as easy as just when you search something, you got to dig a little deeper. So we may have to do it after the break. Yeah, that, that uh, piece from Brent right there gets back to – what I was asking about Michigan, I mean, really? I mean, are, are teams that negligent that they did gain, gain an advantage over them? I mean, don't you constantly change signs and don't you have multiple signalers in? It's, like, without knowing who's signaling, what is the possibility that they, they actually gain something from it? Yeah, that's a great point. It kind of gets back to what we talked about yesterday that some people got mad about. It's like, oh, it doesn't matter if there's an advantage. How, how dare it just matters? Well, I mean, listen, at the core of it, it's cheating and you're right. But I'm just curious to see how much of an advantage it did give you. Exactly. And I'm curious, but uh, to that point, it's just so dumb. It's just so dumb to cheat like this if you're really not going – to get much out of it. And I know people have said, well, why'd they keep doing it for three years? Clearly, they were getting something out of it. Were they? And then, well, you also remember this started to make the rounds last night, too. You do know that Jim Harbaugh's worst season in Michigan was? When three were, years ago. When there were no fans in the stands. And you couldn't have anyone watching what's going on on the sidelines. So, that started to make the rounds a little bit last That was night. the worst season? 2020 was his worst season as the head coach of Michigan. All right, hey, quick break. Listen, all right, that's just, I'll get that Matt Rule cut coming out of the break, and then we'll get to the text line. 
405-651-3439. The best of the Brent Venables press conference, including, okay, a question was asked that was a really good question, but it led me to think, is there is there some sort of conspiracy theory in the running back rotation that people are, I don't know, accusing DeMarco of or making the rounds? So we'll talk about that coming up next right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back into the home of Sooner fans. All right, before before we get to the text line, I'm just kind of sprinkling in a little bit of Brent as we go along. Uh, our buddy George Stoya over at Sooner Scoop asked Brent Venables yesterday about the the running back rotation and who's who's responsible for it. Here's what Coach Venables had to say. Guy moving forward. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, DeMarco's the CEO of his position. Um, ultimately, all the responsibility is is mine. Uh, I'm not sure if I've ever had a, a head coach tell me who I can start and who I can't, as long as everybody's in good standing. That's, you know, the position coach. Uh, you know, you, you that's why you pay him, you know, to make those decisions. But certainly, hey, get so-and-so in the game, uh, you know, things of that nature. And a lot of it's based on what they do at practice. And there's a body of work always. And uh, uh, But, you know, Gavin uh, did some great things uh, as, as the game went along, and we know what he's capable of. And... Uh, this is a game of doing, and we need those guys, uh, you know, that room, I believe, uh, when we're playing like we're capable of playing and uh, in all phases and all the, the different areas around them, uh, you know, that should be a position of strength for us. So, I, again, I'm not, it's a great question. It really is. But is there some sort of theory that, I don't know, DeMarco's not playing guys against the – desires of the coach I I have I'm just asked I have no clue because I love the question but then in the same vein I mean is there this thought by some Josh that maybe maybe who's Brent Venables wants to play isn't who's playing or that so I mean is there that conspiracy out there is what I'm asking I, I don't think so I haven't seen that but okay. uh to me it was just trying to find out okay is is this DeMarco's call or is this your call okay in terms of I think that's a good who's point, getting yeah. the snaps right now and uh I think what we found out right there is generally speaking it's DeMarco's call with input of course from your head coach right you know and I also found I found something real interesting in kind of as far as guys playing and getting reps you know Joe John Finley on Coach's Corner, which we'll get our sneak peek at tomorrow. I think, like I said, it drops on ESPN Plus today. Josh, he said he's got guys that sometimes to get work, he'll throw them over to scout team. He's like, go work with Jimmy Greenbeans. He's like, I've got you. You know, I've, I've, you're not getting snaps over here. Go go work over there. And it's helped out for guys like uh, Cade McIntyre and – uh, I, I think even Llewellyn, though we didn't talk too much about Llewellyn or Kane. Kane's dinged up. I think he's – I don't just say this because I love his mom to death. I think Kane Helms has a chance to be a really good receiving tight end, and every time I see him, he's getting bigger and stronger. But you just got to get him on the field. You got to get him on the field. And I think that's his – I don't know what's going on with Llewellyn, guys, but when you're talking about tight end depth, that's one thing that Joe John Finley has done. He said, all right, Mike, let's just say hypothetically here – McIntyre or the – I can never say the kid's name right. There was a basketball player, and now they got him playing tight end. Um, go and work on scout team. Go in so you can get some reps, so you can work on the things that you need to do in order to be a tight end. 
I wonder if if in then turning that back to running backs, right? Maybe Fanuel. Fanuel. There, there you didn't even have to look it up. It just took you like two seconds. You're like, click, click, Fan. Fanuel. That's him. Yeah, he looks awesome. He's like a first first dude off the bus kind of a guy. But um the point is maybe one of these running backs in our never ending hope can catch the eye of a of a Jimmy Greenbeans whenever they're running the ball and you think, well, Brent Venables, he's seen him run, so maybe he thinks he needs to be in there more. So maybe he could say play this guy. But I don't I don't think that's what's going on here. I don't feel like there is some sort of disagreement about who needs to be played at, at the running back spot. I think also part – Tommy Walker was out on Saturday. I think that hurts him. Uh, Jeff from OKC first in today writes, guys, Lincoln was your actual guest today. He canceled. <laughs> but that story gets weirder too, right? Is Alex Grinch, did he get fired? Did he get fired? Did he get demoted? Did he get play calling duties taken away from him? I have no idea. Lincoln's not talking. <laughs> That's why. But I don't think he got fired. Because if he did, I think there would be quite the celebration on the old X from USC fans. From USC fans. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think so. But the whole idea now that USC is talking to the NCAA about trying to elevate Cliff Kingsbury to be able to handle certain responsibilities for Lincoln Riley when he can't. It's like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah, it's a zoo. Zoo out west. Um, Sooner Gundy on the sign-stealing saga. It's easy to be good if you know what's coming. I liked what Deion Sanders had to say about that. It's not like baseball. Still got to stop him. He used the analogy of what the Cowboys, I think it was. It's like you knew that Emma Smith was going to get the football. You knew Troy Ake or Michael Irvin was going to run the comebacks. It's like, how are you going to stop it? But I, I agree with you, Sooner Gundy. It does help. Uh, the 731 hits on the other topic of the day. Do you all think Sawchuck needed to brush off the rust last game and the run game might start turning the corner this weekend? Well, statistically, UCF was not a very good team against the run. If you look at Bill Conley's numbers, Kansas might might be worse. Now, I'm not going to lie to you, Josh. I don't – I do not know a lot of the nerd talk when it comes to the analytics of it, right? I just look at something, and if it's red, I know that's bad, and if it's green, I know that's good. But And if it's dark, dark red, that's even worse. But Kansas's defense is among the worst in rush success rate, rush marginal efficiency, rushing marginal explosiveness, opportunity rate, power success rate, and stuff rate. They're actually, you know, let me, they're actually okay in power success rate. Whatever that is. Whatever that is. But in every other, in every other category, they're ranked either 70th or lower. Is that power run? Power run, that's right. Like lead blocker? That's correct. Oklahoma's the only category they're really bad is in explosiveness. But maybe you get that this weekend. Maybe you get that this weekend. But As in Oklahoma's not ripping off explosive runs? Ding, ding, ding. Which, uh, you know, that, that's not shocking to hear. They did, uh, did bust one late, right? Or break one off late is uh, the right way to say it. 30-yarder for Sawchuck wound up, what, being the winner? Yeah. That was it. That was, I mean, it's the longest run by a running back this year. Uh, and then there's this from the 405. Hey, dudes. He said, hey, bud, which I love. Hey, bud. 
that I had a buddy of mine that hated it when people called him Bud. What's up, pal? What's up, pal? Oh, pal was even worse, man. Yeah, no, you you don't say pal. Call call pop pal. You want to really trigger him? That's uh, an insult if you say pal. Is it now? Well, I mean, in your mind, if you're not truly, really, what's up, pal? Just condescending. So this one actually said, "Hey, bud, what's your opinion of Riley skipping practice again for the second straight day?" Something's up. I mean, is he sick? You think? Could it be as simple as he's actually sick? I mean, there is the reality that he is sick. There is that. There is that. I mean, let's be honest with you. But, and and we all know there is nothing more debilitating than the man flu. Y'all can talk about the pain of childbirth and things of that nature. Have you had the flu as a man? It's terrible. So he could be going through that. But I also would think you got to fight through it. I'm, I know one time the maddest I've ever got at a host on Fox Sports Radio was Jason Smith losing his mind that the f- being six not that big of a deal. You got to go play through it. Like, yeah, let, let's just rub a little chicken noodle soup on it, and they'll be fine. The timing of this, just if he is really sick, just really is a bad look. Right. And there's nothing else you can say. Him being sick is making USC fans sick. It's also bringing a lot of joy to the state of Oklahoma. I can't wait in, until they go out on Saturday and play their best game against Cal, and it becomes, you know what was different in this game? Lincoln Riley wasn't there. Lincoln Riley wasn't there. Makes all the difference in the world. I was hoping to find the uh, – some. And there's a lot of text about the Baker handshake thing. Let me I, – I think my tweet might be part of the problem because I said there's there's several layers going on here. And I there, there's no layers to the handshake thing. The guys didn't shake his hand. I was talking about how I look like the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man in that picture. It's honestly the worst look I think I've ever had on the sidelines. Why I decided to tuck the shirt in that day, I will never know. But there are two sweatshirts on underneath it. So when I say there's layers, that's what I mean. But I am looking for the call. I know I, I've got it somewhere. Oh, but Toby, they didn't shake his hand. I, I think we had got there like just as it was not happening. I think it got there just as it was not happening. But I'll have to dig. I'll have to, I'll have to text uh, Learfield to see if they can find it. But I'll do that before we get out of here. All right, more of your text coming up next. Plus, uh, listen, Brent Venables was great yesterday. We learned a lot about the progression of some of the guys like Ethan Downs, among others. We learned about a, a term that Ethan Downs dropped on us, I crimes. We'll hear about Kansas's offense. We'll talk more about the turnaround for Kansas and um, – their running back rotation. Constant conversation, it seems, this year with the Sooners right here on The Ref. Uh, South Dakota Sooner hit us up and writes, man, or men, which I like better, I plan on coming to the game from South Dakota, or South Dakota, this forecast is going to be shorts and t-shirt weather. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Um, here's one from the 405. Tell me all why the media here in Oklahoma loved Riley. When he was here, especially this show, now he's the devil. LOL media. Because he was the coach at Oklahoma, and now he's the coach at USC. It's not that hard, you dummy. Uh, here's one from Softball Steve. Problem with Riley, unlike BV, Riley's an OC only. That's all he knows. Grinch is about as lame as a defensive coordinator as anyone could get. 
Bottom of the shelf, DC. Now, that might be going a little bit too far. Maybe Lincoln has COVID, which is probably still a thing out west. Oh, we got the COVID joking. Guy from parts unknown. Fight, toughness, mule shoe. None of those really belong in the same sentence. Um, And then there was one more here. Oh, here it is. From the 539. Guys, I've seen from some USC people who claim to have insider knowledge that Lincoln Riley has COVID. After that Utah game, I understand. But like you said, there is situations where dudes really do get sick. Sure. I mean, I was watching the Falcons game, and they were like, Bajon Robinson is sick. I'm like, well, why is he standing over on the sidelines around everyone? All right, quick break. When we come back, the best of the BV press conference from yesterday.